0: So, as we're saying, God has no limits. So, um, some people have this concept of God as he is some uh, really angry guy, you know, Uh, that some people think he's just really pissed off. (laughs) If you uh, do something the wrong way, he's going to say, stop that, turn you into a pillar of stone, burn you up, whatever. He could do that if he wanted to. Uh, Some people say he's jealous. you ever thought about that? How could he be jealous? If this is you, who would you have to be jealous of? (laughs) If you're the most beautiful, the most attractive, the most wonderful, the most charming, the most pleasant, the sweetest, you say, who could you possibly be? And if you're the smartest, you wouldn't be so foolish as to be jealous anyway. That's kind of a low class. Even for us mortals, that's not very good. You see, that's low class for us to be jealous. Uh, Envious, you see. Krishna doesn't envy anyone. He is the topmost. He is the most beautiful. He's the most attractive. He's the most intelligent. So he has no rival. Nobody can equal him, and he knows that. You see, he's okay with that. I mean, he's Krishna. So where does that leave us? Is he like way up there? And he's like, we're like way down there. Some people think, you know, uh, that we're like that. You see, that's very humble. It's very humble for you to think like that. Uh, but actually you are a part and parcel of Krishna. Just like if you take uh, 24 karat gold and you take off, one, shave off one little tiny piece of that 24 karat gold. 24 karat gold is pure gold. So you analyze the little tiny piece under a microscope chemically do a chemical analysis and you do the same test on the big piece and you find they're both 24 karat gold. There's no difference at all. The difference is that this little tiny piece is really tiny and this big piece is real big. So we are the same quality as Krishna. We're like the same, that's a, another good comparison, is a drop of salt water. Take a drop of water out of the ocean, it's the same thing as the ocean. The ocean is big, the drop is small. So, we are the same quality as the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. We're just much smaller. We have almost uh, the same amount of intelligence that he has. You see? There's nothing that he doesn't want you to know. He doesn't have any secrets. He doesn't have to. He's the Supreme. You see? Some people may tell you, well there's just some things you're not supposed to know. Foolish. Uh, We as eternal living entities, meaning eternal, we have always existed, we always will exist. Going forward we will always be here. You see? Our nature when we are liberated, our true identity. You see, here we are, we don't have our true identity right now. We're thinking that uh, I'm thinking that I am this body. I'm thinking that I'm an old man limping around and I'm an American. You see, I'm from planet Earth. I'm an earthling. You see, so I'm an earthling, American earthling, old man who limps around. You know, and I think that death could come at any time. Of course, it can for anybody. As I get older, I think, oh, is this going to be it? You see, so I'm concerned about that. I worry because I think I'm my body. The truth is, I'm not my body. I was never anybody that I had. I've had innumerable bodies. I've had every kind of body that you can imagine and many millions more that you can't. There are, according to the Vedas, there are 8,400,000 species of life. So there are 8,400,000 different bodies that you can have. 400,000 of those species are humanoid. There are 400,000 species of humanoid in the material world. Now I can see the the calculators in your minds going, there aren't 400,000 species of humans on this earthly planet. That means there are humans, uh, humanoids, on other planets throughout this cosmic manifestation as well as other of the 8,400,000 species of life. They're there, you see. Now, why are there so many different uh, species? Anybody got any thoughts on that? Why are there different? Why is there like a dog, there's a cat, there's a snake, there's a hog, Why? The Vedas tell everything. Veda is a Sanskrit word which means knowledge. Things that we, all the questions that we used to ask and people would say, well, I don't nobody knows that, you know. Why don't you ask something traditional, you see. Why are there different species of life? Because the living entity has different desires from time to time. So different species of life are there for us to occupy that species to live out a particular desire that we have. You see? Let's say that I'm very fond of eating. I like to eat, eat, eat. I I want to eat all the time. Well, there's the body of a hog. A hog likes to eat. He eats constantly. You know, you can see them. When we go to India, I'll show you what I've been telling everybody about the hogs. Dogs are different there. <laughs> uh, what if someone says, well, you know what? I just like, I'm, I'm just motivated but mostly by sex life. I just want to have sex. I wish I could do that all the time. You know? Well, there is a body for that. It's not the human body. The human body is not very good for overeating, it's not very good for having a lot of sex life. It's just not very good for it. Now you're going to wonder, well, what's the human body good for? Well, we'll get to that, don't let me forget, because sometimes I forget, okay? You're intelligent, you won't let me forget, will you? Uh, So, what's what's the best body? Well, there's one really good body uh, for having lots and lots of sex life, and that's the body of a pigeon. A pigeon can have sex every 10 minutes, all day. (laughs) Every day.
1: And it can fly.
0: Doesn't have to take her to a movie. (laughs) Doesn't have to buy her drinks. No ring. They don't have to get a license. They don't have to get a room. People see see the pigeons in the park and they don't even think, Oh, how disgusting probably don't even notice it, you know. (laughs) You know, the pigeon, when when he impregnates uh, the lady pigeon, he doesn't have to stay around and raise the children. He flies off, you know, he's thinking, i got nine minutes more and I can have sex again with somebody else, you know, you see. There's no palimony, you know, she's not going (laughs) to demand a DNA sample to show that these eggs are his, you see. It's just a life of eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. I have this female, you want to take her? Let's fight. I have this nest, you want my nest? Ah, oh, Then we must fight. So how is that different from human life? Eating, sleeping, mating, defending. Isn't that pretty much what everybody does? Isn't that what all species of life do? Eating, sleeping, mating, defending. Is there anything else? Now, we, we may say, well, I, you know, I do other things. Uh, well, I'm an accountant. Alright, you do the accountant work so that you can eat, have a place to sleep, find somebody to mate with, then you have to defend what you've accumulated. You see? So we're just like the animals, aren't we? But the human body is meant for something else, isn't it? The human may have, may do all those things, but in the human body, we have uh, the ability. We have a brain. We are just like the animals, except uh, uh, they have limited ability to think. You see, our senses are not as good as the animals. Some people argue with me. Yes, but you know what? Sex for a man is much. Better than a pigeon. Well, that's ridiculous when you think about it. You know, we're getting out of the box here. I, I get, I stay out of the box. I don't even understand the concept of the box. You know, I don't like traditional stuff. You know, some people think the animal senses aren't as developed as the humans. You ever heard that? You know? Yet an eagle can read. The headline of a newspaper a mile away. A bloodhound can smell several hundred times better than we can. You see, many animals, a dog can hear something you'll never hear. They hear pitches, they hear ranges of sound. They see ranges. A snake can see, uh, infra- what is it, infrared? What is that when they can see heat? is that infrared? Yeah. They can see, they they can tell if you're hiding behind a bush, they can see that there's something some 98.6 thing over there. You see they can stick their tongue out and taste and tell if you're there. Their senses are far more developed than ours. They can run faster, they can think quicker about things about, that have to do with eating, sleeping, mating and defending. They're better at it than we are. We're better at wondering who am I? Who am I? What is this place that I find myself in? What is my relationship to this place? Do I like this place? Do I fit in here? You see? What is it like at the time of death Where will I go after death? Is there a God? Oh, if there's a God, what does he want? You see? Now the humans, the human body is meant basically for asking and finding the answers to these questions, not simply eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. If you say, you know, I don't really care (laughs) about all this stuff, this God guy, you know, I'm sure he's there, and I'm sure he's a really nice guy, you know. But I'm not so concerned, because you really got my interest when you were talking about this pigeon guy, you know, that sounds like a pretty good life, you know. If the living, if the human being is not interested in pursuing higher thought, uh, in escaping uh, birth, death, disease, and old age, which is happens to all species as well, then that's okay, you can stay here. If that's your desire, you can have the body of a pigeon, and you can have the body of a dog. You can have the body of a hog, and we've all done it. We've all been there. You see, typically, I find that people who come to these meetings are old souls. Now, by that I mean you are starting to figure out uh, that there's a man behind the curtain. Did you see that movie? Uh, uh, What is it? the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. You know at the end when Dorothy saw the guy behind the curtain and uh, that the wi- he was the fake wizard, you know, and he said, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. In other words, I'm showing you this illusion and I want you to believe it. You see, souls that have been around enough start to think, wait a minute you start to see the man behind the curtain. You start to see through the fabric of this uh, wool that's been pulled over your eyes. You start to think, perhaps I'm not uh, part of this world, perhaps I really don't even belong here you see, and then you're open to spiritual thought. Some people will say, well yeah maybe there's God, maybe there's not a God, anyone go get a beer? Cowboys coming on in about an hour. <laughs> You see what I mean? I'm not saying they're bad people. They're really nice guys. They're not ready to pursue this kind of thought. That's a good accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spent a lot of time in Texas. <laughs> they're not ready to pursue this kind of thought. You see, they would be very bored. Uh, why? They haven't suffered enough. Suffering is one of the things that we experience in this material world. You say, "There's so much. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too this. It's too that." You know, as you get older, your body will start to give you more and more problems. You see, but as you advance in spiritual knowledge, you'll 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 come to the realization that there is no such thing as suffering. You ever thought about that? There is no such thing as suffering. Everything is the energy of the Supreme Lord, Krishna. We see the manifestation of His energy differently and the mind will process it. You see, I'm not the body, I'm an eternal living entity. I'm caught up in a temporary body. I, the living entity, the true soul, cannot suffer. You cannot burn me with fire, you cannot puncture me with uh, a sword, you see, I'm immortal. I always have been and I always will be. You can force me out of this body, you can do something to make this body stop working, but I'm just going to go to another one, depending on what my desires are, you see. So, uh, once we learn to control the mind, we can control this thought that makes us think, I'm suffering, you see. One person may think, I'm suffering because I don't have a very I don't have very good transportation. Well, really, what's what what's wrong? Well, this guy over here's got a Mercedes, you know. I've got to drive around in a Chevy. You know that makes me feel bad. It makes my heart hurt. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Nobody's going to look at me and my Chevy the way they're looking at him and his Mercedes, for crying out loud. You see how unfair this world is? I mean, this is kind of a corny example, but you can see, (laughs) you can see. Look at the app she's got on her phone. Well, I can't get my phone to do that. I can't even afford one of those phones. You see what I mean? So therefore, I, I feel some suffering. Tuesday night we talked about sometimes I I may suffer because I feel unloved. I feel nobody loves me. I'm not getting enough love. What's just completely, uh, well let me just be blunt, It's, it's completely bogus. We have never been unloved. We've always been loved by the supreme, the supreme lover, Krishna. That his love has never uh, faltered, you see. We decided that we were going to leave the spiritual world. Sometimes the people say, well, if I'm eternal, where the heck have I been? Have I been wandering around this material world for eternity? No, we were liberated souls, you see. And we decided we wanted to take a trip and see what else is there besides Krishna? What else is there? It's a fair question. Is there anything else? Now, Not all souls do that. Some souls are called nityasiddha. They're eternally, are eternally liberated. And they don't have that thought. We did. We thought, hey, let's go check out and see what else there is. So Krishna says, okay, very good. You know, he gives us that free will because he wants us to choose him. To choose him, we have to have a choice. We're not prisoners. We're his lovers. You see, we're his best friends. We're not slaves. You see, He's not so cheap. He is so wonderful that he can hold you prisoner by his love. He can hold you prisoner by his smile. It's so beautiful. But he wants to give you, for him to feel romantic, and he's the supreme romantic. He wants you to choose him. So therefore you have to have free will. You have to have free will to leave anytime you want. Otherwise, you're a prisoner. So we've all chosen, hey, let's go, let's take a trip. Let's go see what we can scare up. You know? We've wandered vast worlds. You know, all of us have been through all eight million, four hundred thousand species of life. We've all experienced everything. You see. And so now, uh, we're starting to wonder, well okay, I'm, you know this is getting a little old here I feel like I'm on a, uh, on a merry-go-round you know, body after body, birth, death, disease, old age you see, I'm, I'm tired of it, so how do I stop it? Uh, yoga is a process of stopping death. Now how does it stop death? Because it stops birth. You'll die this body will die one last time, if you perfect yoga it'll die one more time but it won't be born again, so therefore death is ended because you're liberated, you're you're out of here, no more material bodies, none whatsoever, okay? So that brings us to uh, uh, the time to make a choice if we want unless you say, you know, you know really, I kind of like the idea of uh, slamming down some beers and watching the cowboys, really that's that's really pretty much what I'm interested in. and give me another few lives, another few birds, and maybe I'll want to check out of here, but I, I don't want to do this now say. But if you, uh, if you do feel like, you know what, I think I can do this, and since I can, I want to. I want the best. We're all. Uh, Greedy by nature. We want the best. If there is a best, if there's something better, we want it. You see? So we have to figure out what is there other than taking another birth in this material world? If I want to be liberated, what are my choices? You see? Some people may say, well, you know what? Uh, I have always wanted to worship the Supreme Lord in awe and reverence. You know? I want to see Him just great grandeur, so great and so uh, uh, incredible that as soon as I see him walking I immediately fall down at his feet. I want to see his brilliance awe and reverence, you see. If that's your desire for that kind of liberation uh, then Narayan uh, would be your choice, your best choice. There are unlimited choices but Narayan is the appearance of Krishna in uh, great awe and reverence. Narayan. The wife of Narayan is uh, a Lakshmi. Lakshmi sahasra sattasambarma Lakshmi means fortune, wealth. The goddess of fortune, Lakshmi Devi, is the wife of uh, Narayan. Lakshmi Narayan, you see. Now some people may think, that's what I want, you see. Others may say, well, I, I'm not really ready to get that close to this entity, God. You know, I'd rather just, I want to enjoy His energy without Him, you know. I just so we can be, we can seek out the Brahma Jyoti. Brahma Jyoti is uh, uh, the impersonal relationship with the Supreme's energy. Not him, it is him. It is and it isn't at the same time. You see, it's just like this light bulb here. Uh, it gives off this, this light, but the electricity comes from the electric plant. You see, that light's not independent, it's not just there. You see, so uh, the energy in the Brahma Jyoti, some people think, well, uh, some people are so confused, they think this is the only. Uh, God is just energy, light and energy and I want to go there and be a part of that. So, some people think, well this is very wonderful, but where does this come from? Well, it comes from the power. You can trace it to Krishna. You see, Krishna is the source of all sources. You see, one thing Krishna doesn't do is he doesn't twist your arm. You know, He's not, uh, uh, not going to force you to seek Him out. That's like I was saying before, He's not on the menu. You hear so many different points of liberation. You don't hear many people say, Hey, hey how would you like extreme unconditional love with the Supreme Godhead? I mean total love. To, for love, and I have to explain here, because a lot of people, this is very difficult for us to think about. Uh, Anthony, would you pass that around so everybody can get a look? This is the supreme lovable object, Krishna. Okay. To love him supremely, to love him in the way that he wants you to, if you're going to associate with Krishna, you have to get over this God business. Does that make any sense? The woman the next to him
1: is
0: who again? That's Radha. Radha Rani. And that is? Uh, Radha Rani is Krishna. Some people say, well, how do you know God's not a woman? <laughs> well, remember, he's unlimited. He no. is a woman. And he's a man. His energy, R- Radha, is it, uh, in the spiritual world, we can't understand the laws. He, that's one soul and two bodies, but yet they're separate. They're the same, yet they're separate. You know, in the material world you have to be either one or the other. Krishna doesn't have any rules to follow. You know, he makes the rules as he goes. Rules subject to change without notice at any time. <laughs> <laughs> so he has Radharani. Radha is his enjoying ener- energy. His enjoying potency. To get to him we have to go through her. We don't approach Krishna directly, you see. But, now think about that statement that I just made. You've got to get over this God thing if you're going to love Him. Totally. Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, what does it mean by getting over God? Like how we perceive Him? Or you how can't people? see Him as God. Oh, okay. The love that you have with Krishna, if you choose that, is so great that you will not see him as God. He's just Krishna. He's just wonderful. There is no awe and reverence. You see, he's someone that when you see him, you may run up and grab him around the neck and say, "How are you? So sweet. What can I do for you?" You know, or you may hide behind a tree and when he comes walking by, you. Jump out and grab him, wrestle him to the ground, get him in a headlock. You know. Only to know that he's gonna do something like that to you, you. see. Or he may play some joke on you, he may tell you something. He may tell you a lie, he may say, Oh, we've gotta go, there's a big storm coming, you know. He may, you know, only them for him to say, Ha 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 then you think, Oh Krishna, I'm gonna get you and then he runs and you try to catch him. And this is an eternal game you see, the love of a lover, the love of a friend, you see, dearmost friend, friend, the shurid, shuridam sarva bhutanam, the best friend that you could ever have, unforgettable, funny, lovable, you see. So how can you have this relationship? You can't do the Krishna relationship and hang on to your concept of God. If you want to worship God, Narayan, you know, achieve the Narayan planet in the spiritual world. If you don't want to give him him to have a personality some people feel well, but if God has a form and if he has a personality gosh if he has a personality he may make some demands on me you know he may ask me to do something and if he might ask me to do something, he may ask me to do something I don't want to do you see In other words, what I'm saying is, I don't love Him. If I love you, I'm going to say, what can I do for you? You see? Isn't it like that? If I don't love you, then I just want to enjoy what you have. I want to enjoy your energy. So you're giving me energy, I'm here, you see. But I don't want to love you, I just want you to support me. Give me energy, let me go to the, uh, uh, the impersonal Brahman, the Brahma you know, and just do the nirvana thing. Get nirvanic. I'm going to go nirvanic on you. You see, seal myself off. I'm going to seal myself off in a nirvanic stage. As we talked about on Tuesday, what does this Sanskrit word nirvana" mean? Nothing. Nothing Nothing. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It means nothingness. Away from everything. That means away from you. Away from you. I don't want it. You know, get out of here. I want to go Nirvana. <coughs> I want shanti. Peace. And I don't need you. I don't need Krishna. I don't need Narayan. I don't want anything. I want to be. And that's fine. That's fine. But a very intelligent person, uh, spiritual intelligence, can tell that's not going to last. You see? I have no senses because I have I have no form. I have perceptions, you see, but I can't see you. I know you're there. There's innumerable living entities around me, in this nirvanic stage. But we're not comp- we're just peaceful, you know. So once you get peace, that's great. But you know, now what? Okay. Happiness. Okay, now I got peace and happiness. Now what? Oh, you see, the desire. It could take eons. It's not that you're suffering, but after a while, the living entity will say, and uh, and let me point out here, nowhere in the Vedas does it say that liberation is, is eternal. That's an assumed thing. There's only one eternal liberation. That's when you return back to Krishna, Krishna's planet. You see? Because Krishna has everything. You're enjoying His energy. You get to share the love. You're over the God concept. You know, you're not afraid of Him. It's just like, Ah, I'm so glad to be back here. You know, I've tried all these things. You see? So you're not going to make a wrong turn. Anywhere. I'm not going to tell you that anything that you're pursuing, if you want all in reverence, if you want uh, the Brahma Jyoti, you see. Some people, uh, I'll start talking about the Brahma Jyoti and I'll say, What's that? And I say, Well, that's the Brahman effulgence. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm after. And you don't seem like you know very much about it, you see. So, as we said Tuesday, uh, if you're going to get on a path, know where it's going to take you. We don't choose a path. You know, as you, um, it's like you don't just drive around and say well you know look at this road here, let's just take this road see where it goes. Some people may do that to waste time. You don't go, to, as I said, you don't go to the er- airport and say well wow look at that, look at that pretty red plane. It looks really cool. It's the newest plane here and it's the biggest. Let's take this plane. doesn't sound really intelligent, does it? You see? First of all, you start out figuring out what do I want? What will make me eternally happy? Okay? What do I want? Do I want to be a pigeon? Well, I can do the pigeon thing. But what do I want? So, once we determine what we want, then we think, okay, where is that? Where do I go to get that? So now that once we determine what we want, where it is, then we pick a path that takes us. We take a direction towards uh, our destination. We choose a destination based on what we want. You see? If you decide, uh, I'm not so expert on telling you how to achieve Narayana or how to achieve uh, the Brahma Jyoti, but if you decide you want an eternal relationship with the Supreme Krishna, this Joker Krishna. If you can get over on and reverence and grow your love to the point that you can see past his godliness and see the sweet loving nature of Krishna, then uh, we already we've established what you want. The destination is Goloka Vrindavan in the spiritual sky. How do I get there? Chant Krishna. Chant Krishna. Serve Krishna. Become his friend now. You see, you can do it now. How much, uh, Rob Popu? How much time do we have? Not sure. Just a good amount of time. Okay. Six. 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 We're okay. Okay. <coughs> okay. Just tell me. Um, so, um, <coughs> the uh, the path of yoga. Uh, there are so many. Uh, Yoga systems, and they're meant to lead you to what what is called in Sanskrit Krishna Prem. Krishna Prem, prem means uh, it's P R E M A, Prema, Prema it's pronounced Prem. It means the topmost love, love beyond our conception. We can't imagine total love uh, in this material world because it's always based on something. I'll love you if I I get something from you, you know. It's a a, a business deal. Now, there are stronger loves and weaker loves, but there's always some sort of uh, something I want, you know, some reason. You say, total spiritual love, you love because you just do. That's it, you know. I love you because I love you. I don't have a reason. I don't have to have reason. If I have a reason, it taints it a little bit, you see. Unlimited love means I just love you, that's it. If someone says, but I don't love you, you say, well that doesn't affect me loving you. I'm not asking, I make no demand that you love me. You see, I love you, and I can do that. Because I do, you see. So, that's the relationship that we have uh, with one another as liberated living entities. If we take away these bodies and the spirit souls were here, we would love each other just because we do. Because that that analogy that I used of the uh, flake of 24 karat gold, we're all 24 karat gold. We're all the same substance, you see. We're all eternal living entities. You've heard the the term soulmate? 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 I want to find my soulmate? Look around you. Everybody is your soulmate. This is very limited thinking when I think, I want to find my one soulmate. What if that person were to die? What if they get hit by a bus? Now you don't have a soulmate? You know? We are all soulmates. We have been together for eternity. I mean it's kind of hard for us to think of this concept of eternity. We will be together for eternity. Eternity going this way, eternity going that way, in all directions. You see, we know each other. We are linked to each other. The only reason that we can't access that right now is because we've all been convinced that we are these bodies. And I've started, uh, the reason why I took this body and came to this material world is because I started working for me. I started not caring about any of you. I've started caring about me. I put me as number one in my life. You know, I'm looking out for number one over here. And people in the material world say, well, what's wrong with that? You gotta do that to survive. Exactly. In the material world. To survive on the material level. Yeah, you have to look out for number one. But you can renounce that and say, I don't care about this material nonsense. You see, I don't care. I refuse to put me first. I insist on putting everybody else first. You see? Uh, Mahatma Gandhi said, uh, and many people uh, complain about the world. As in San Antonio there's many young people down there that are very active. I was down there for a couple of months this summer. And they're very active in protesting so many things that the society is doing. You see, the animal cruelty, um, and so many things, I can't remember all, all of the things. So, they were asking my advice and I was saying, well I'm not a politician. I don't get involved in political things. But if you want the world to change, be the change you want in the world. Be what you want the world to be. Oh, but wait, if, what if I'm the only one? Why should you care? How can anybody follow an example that doesn't exist? You be that. You see? There was some uh, protest on uh, animal rights, you know, they were saying that uh, cruelty to, to, um, I think the city of San Antonio had promised that they were going to end, what is this, uh, euthanasia? Uh, Is that where they killed the animals? Yeah, Yeah. they were going to end that by 2012 and they're not very close to doing that. In other words, the animals that they take in to the pound are never going to be killed. So they're not, they set some March of 2012 and they're not close to hitting that goal, so there was a protest. And uh, after that some of them, uh, some of the people that had the protest, they were out in the hot sun, you know, all day. They decided to go get a a shake, an order of fries and a quarter pounder at McDonald's you know, because they're insisting on animals' rights. In other words, I'm going to stand up for the dogs and cats, but keep those cows coming, you know. In other words, I'm making a judgment. I I will protect animals that don't taste good. (laughs) If I perceive that you taste good, then your life is uh, in danger. All I have to do, all I have to do, is get the mental perception that you taste good, and you know, look out, don't turn your back. You see, cows, goats, chickens, you know, pigs. You know, we don't like them, but we like dogs and cats. Although dogs and cats really don't do much; they don't give milk, they don't really do that much, they don't really work for us so much. Some of them, you know, but we put them on a pedestal. <clears throat> you know, in some countries, dogs are considered, uh, you know, untouchable. You shouldn't, shouldn't touch the dog. They, they're, they're clean. Whereas cows are considered very clean, the most clean.
1: Well, scientifically,
0: they are. Scientifically, they are. Science, the stool of the cow is 100 percent antiseptic. Science has analyzed that. It's, it's a very special animal. You see. Mm-hmm. Very special. Um, You should talk with with Dr. Rob sometime about his plans for a community. You see. He's taking this very seriously. Be the change that you want the world to make. Live the way you expect the world to live. If you want to be loved, if you want to, to never feel unloved, you have to be loving all the time and never expect love, you see. We've got it upside down and backwards in this material conception. Things in the material world are different. It's like um, uh, a reflection in a mirror. If you look at yourself in the mirror, what you're seeing you think, well that, that looks like me, but it's, it's different, it's backwards, you see. So, uh, you part your hair on the different side in the mirror than you do you see, So this material world is backwards from the spiritual world. It's a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. So here I'm thinking that all I have to do is to make some demands <clears throat> and to, to manipulate the material energy in such a way that I get you to love me. You see. And maybe I'll do a little something for you, and then I'll get that process started of you loving me and caring for me. And then I'm going to give you enough to kind of keep that going, you see, because that's what I want. You know, I want to feel loved. (coughs) I want to feel adored. So, in the spiritual conception, we forget about, uh, we take ourselves out of the center of our universe, and we put everybody else in the center, with Krishna. See? How do I make sure that I love my fellow man perfectly? Any suggestions? Appreciate that. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's a good consideration. <clears throat> love God. Huh? Love God. love God. Direct my love to the source. It's just like we talked on Tuesday. If you want to water the leaves of a tree, you pour the water on the root. If you water the root of the tree, all the twigs and branches and the leaves, all get the benefit of the water, you see. So, if I love the Supreme Lord unlimitedly, all living entities get that benefit. If I direct my love towards the root, and then I'll learn how to appreciate uh, all living entities. Not just the human beings, all living entities on an equal basis. You see, you'll you find yourself not even want to step on the ants. They've got a right to live too. You know, my dear grass, I'm sorry, but I have to walk across you. Please forgive me. My spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, in 1974, he was in uh, our Hawaii temple. <clears throat> and uh, he was in his room, and my godbrother Sri Rag Prabhu, you know Srila Prabhu, Sri Ragh decided he was going to cut the grass, so he's cutting, he's outside cutting the grass, going with the lawnmower, mower. And Srila uh, Prabhupada, uh, my guru, came out of the, his door onto the veranda and he's waving his arms and he caught Sri Ragh's attention. And he says, yes, yes Prabhupada, uh, is, is the noise bothering you? He turned off the lawnmower, and Prabhupada said, no, it's not the machine. He said, please don't do this. And Rock said, what? He said, I can feel the grass screaming. I, he said, I can't. He said, you'll have to do this when I'm not here. I, said, I can't, you see. He became so in tune with other living entities. This is love, you see. This isn't cheap, uh,
1: Sentimentality.
0: yeah, it's not, it's not the kind of love you find on sale at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't made in China. <laughs> All glories to the Chinese. This is real. <laughs> this is real love. You know? How can I say? How can I convince you that I love you and I don't give a damn about the grass? If you're smart, you're going to figure that out. You're like, Wait a minute. You're telling me you love me? Look at the way you treat the cows. Oh man I'm glad, I, I'm glad you don't think I'm tasty. You see. Live in such a way that you can experience the love that's there. You'll be, oh, you will go from feeling unloved to overloved. When you achieve some spiritual realization, you'll feel overloved. You'll think, "I'm so loved. I don't deserve this. There's no way I deserve this kind of love. You see? When you please the Supreme, when you please Krishna, when you make him smile, you'll feel more love than you, can, than you feel like you can deal with, you see. And even though you think, oh, this is too much, I don't, I don't deserve this, but hey, you would keep it coming because I, I like this. <laughs> I can grow to like this, <laughs> but it's ever-increasing, you see. You'll never get used to it. It's ever-increasing, you see spiritual things are always increasing, so. Uh, and I've been talking so much, maybe I should open the floor for some questions or comments. Surely you've got something you'd like to... and I apologize for talking so much. And uh, Anybody have anything that they'd like to say?
1: Um, I have a class I went to today. The topic of good and evil was brought up. Hmm. And the professor was asking, Well, are people born naturally
0: good or naturally evil, and the whole class struggled to answer that question? Um, What do you think of that? (coughs) Are people, are some people naturally evil? Or
1: naturally
0: good. Or naturally good? (coughs) The living entity, that's a really good question. Uh, The living entity is like, uh, uh, for instance, distilled water when the sun <coughs> bakes the water on the, on the ocean. Or let's say uh, uh, you've seen these <coughs> uh, ponds that have scum on them, you know, scummy ponds, they're like dirty water. Uh, so the sun uh, evaporates that water and dis- it distills the water. The water is 100 percent pure at that time. It's totally pure. <coughs> so this water goes up and collects in a cloud and that cloud is There's no contamination whatsoever. When the cloud comes into enough cold air, it will precipitate. In other words, it will turn back into water. So when that droplet of water leaves the cloud, when it turns from gas into liquid, it starts to fall through the atmosphere. And as it falls, it may pick up some contamination from pollution and whatever. And then when it hits the ground, it's contaminated. So the living entity, we, us, we are completely pure, totally pure. you see. When we, con- when we come in contact with the material nature, the material energy, we become contaminated. That is the difference between us and Krishna. Krishna, when he comes in contact with the material nature, he doesn't become contaminated. He rules the material nature, you see. So, uh, out of, uh, uh, in in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna and Arjuna talk about this very thing. Uh, Arjuna asks Krishna, in the third chapter, the 26th verse of Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna says, "Uh, My dear Lord, why is it sometimes we commit sinful activities as if forced to do so? You know, it seems like I... I'm forced to do it. I mean, I've, I've got, I've just got to do this, you see. And uh, Krishna's answer was, it is lust only. It is lust, you see. Out of lust, I want something so bad that I'll, i move aside intelligence. You see, I don't even think about the ramifications. I may want, uh, uh, I may be so desperate to feel peace, Uh, But yet I'm trapped in this patrol world that I may pursue some intoxication out of desperation. I have to do something to get some peace. And that intoxication may lead to uh, some other bad things. I may get arrested or I could get some health problem or so many different things, you see. And I knew that was there. I knew that was a possibility. But still I had to do it. I, I can't hear the intelligence because I have to do it that's lust, you see. Um, And I become angry because what's the cause of anger? Close. There's only one Bhagavad Gita, everyone should read Bhagavad Gita. Einstein read Bhagavad Gita every day for the last 35 years of his life. So, that, so did Emerson, and Thoreau, and so many big thinkers. Bhagavad Gita tells you how, the, how things work. Why do we become angry? Because of unfulfilled material desires. I want it, I can't have it, and damn it, I'm mad. So, my lust makes me want, if it's not fulfilled, I become Angry if I don't uh, act on that anger, if I keep it in, it turns into uh, uh, depression. Depression is uh, anger turned inward. So people who are angry all the time aren't quite as depressed as people who just kind of keep it in. you see but it all be, it all comes from material desires. I have a desire for something material that I feel I deserve, and that guy over there is keeping me from it. So therefore, he is my enemy. You're agreeing with me, so you're my friend. You're disagreeing with with me, so you're his friend. Or I don't care if you're his friend, but you're my enemy. And you're his friend, so that means you're my enemy. You see how it goes on and on and on. And I'm going to vote for you because all the people around me like you. And I'm going to not vote. I'm going to vote against you because all the people around me don't like you. He's going to fulfill some of my material desires and you're not. So, you see how it works? We split up. We split up into nations. We split up into parties. We we divide ourselves when we're all linked together. We're all pure spirit, soul, and we totally love each other. In our liberated stage when we see one another, we can see nothing but wonderful nothing but wonder, we can find no fault there's no fault when we're liberated and we see each other, not any fault, I'm not saying that there's fault there that we're uh, uh, refusing to see, there is no fault when you see another living entity you say, oh how wonderful to see, you're so marvelous you see, and that's innumerable now the spiritual world, as you can tell, is a very harmonious place. You can see how it's very sweet, very nice. Whenever you
1: finish.
0: Okay, don't let me forget. Okay. So, uh, some souls come in from from their previous life. They check in, you know, to this life with these uh, intense desires, unfulfilled desires. Uh, you might have seen people. I've seen people that that from birth, they tend to get into difficulty. You know, they, don't, they just don't seem... Um, you know, they're, they're criminals as soon as they can be. They're uh, duplicious, they'll steal from you, they'll use you, you see, they've got an anger in their... it seems like it's in their soul, but it's not. It's, it's in their mind. Um, And so because of this lust that they have, it steers them uh, in the wrong direction. Now, uh, but let me say uh, before I go on, don't start thinking that lust is bad. Lust is good, if you turn it towards the right direction. If I'm lusty to serve Krishna, you
1: see,
0: lusty. Just lusty to make him happy. I want to make him smile. I want to please him. You see, lust goes along with love. I love you so much. I want to do something wonderful for you. I want to surprise you. You see, I want to see you smile. I want to see you happy. You see, that lust. When we turn that lust to Krishna, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. You see when I turn it towards my desires, it gets pretty nasty. It causes me to to do all kinds of not so good things, you see. And from that lust comes anger, envy, greed for me. Or maybe for me and my party, me and my neighborhood, me and my friends, but not for all living entities, you see some people when they come to this life, they're not so. Uh, They they are in the mode of goodness. You see, there's three modes of material nature. Goodness, Passion and Ignorance. So, some people are are more in the mode of goodness. Some people are more in the mode of passion, which means I have strong desires. And some people are more in the mode of ignorance, which they're uh, uh, ignorant, the typical uh, representation of uh, the mode of ignorance in the material world is uh, uh, so much into intoxication. Intoxication is the mode of ignorance. It's, it's co- pulling the curtain, changing reality, you see. Instead of finding the truth, I want to hide from reality. It's, you know, not. Self-medication is what it is, temporary and not so good, it doesn't take us up. When one quits his body in the mode of uh, goodness, he can achieve heaven, heavenly planets. That's not the spiritual world, it's planets higher than this, where the living conditions are better, you have mansions, the streets are gold, Indraloka is the topmost of the heavenly planets, and it says in the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, it has gates of, uh, of pearl and streets of gold. Opulence. Opulence beyond we can imagine. We can go there, and we can live for a couple of hundred thousand years. Long spirit, long span of life. But then we come back here. You see. So we're not looking for uh, we don't want to go to the heavenly planets. When one quits his body in the mode of passion, he stays here. You see, you don't go up to the to a better life. You stay right here, and you, you It's more of the same. And when one quits his body in the mode of uh, uh, ignorance, then he's uh, he's in typically in the lower species. You can't quit your body in the mode of ignorance and achieve a human birth. It's not possible. So lower species and probably lower planets, lower planetary systems. You see. And it's not a punishment, it's because you'll fit in better there. You know, if you're sitting around all buzzed all the time, well you're not gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Maybe everybody there is all buzzed and you know. Nobody knows what's going on. They're all speculating about this and that. You see what I mean? So you've just chosen The wrong body in the wrong place for these particular desires. Does that answer your question? She's got one. Let me get. Perfect one on that.
1: I just wanted to. I remember Aaron's (coughs) guru had gave a good analogy about how uh, it was hard to recognize some people being good and evil because we were like a diamond covered over in mud. Mm. We couldn't see that we were
0: this beautiful diamond. Yeah. Yet in, in our current consciousness, we can't see the beauty in, in everyone. You know, because I'm convinced I'm my body, I'm convinced you're your body, and I judge you on, on your body, and, and this whole bodily thing is going on. Your body's a different color, so I don't know if I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> your body talks with a different accent, so I don't know if I trust you. Your body's language doesn't understand my body's language, so, I know I can't trust you. You know. Your body believes in a different God than my body believes in. So that gives me a right to kill you. Because we know I'm right. And if I'm right, that means you've got to be wrong. So I'm going to send my army over to, you know, to take care of you guys. Because you believe in a God that doesn't exist. How do I know he's not in my book? <laughs> you can see how silly it is. Krishna's laughing. He's thinking, "Oh, you, you fools. <laughs> it's just like my guru said, this arguing about whose God is powerful. He said, you know, during World War II, uh, the American boys went off to war and their mothers prayed. God, please don't let my son be killed. And the German boys, they went off to war, and their mothers are praying. The same God, please don't let my son be killed. You see, they're all fighting and they're all playing. <coughs> Someone may uh, think, "Well, I'm praying to, uh, <coughs> I'm praying to Buddha, so that's a different God." How is it different? That's just another incarnation of Krishna. You know, Lord Buddha's appearance was predicted in Srimad Bhagavatam 7,000 years before He came. You see, Krishna can appear any way He wants to. Now some people have a problem saying, well, I don't believe that Krishna is a Supreme Personality of Godhead. You know, I think He ought to have, He ought to be a tougher guy. You know, He shouldn't be somebody you you can embrace and walk and, and but then you don't understand the nature of love. Love is the strength. You see? Uh, if you want strength, if you want to see Krishna appears as Lord Dev. Lord Dev is the, is the, is the, the biggest... Uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, uh, he's the biggest punisher. Pun- he's the... He, he came to kill uh, a very great demon, you see. This appearance of Krishna as Lord Nursingadev is very fearsome. If you, if you were to see him and you didn't understand, you could die just from looking at him. So horrible. But the devotee sees so oh, this is Krishna, my protector. He is so beautiful. He has the body of Lord Neshingadev has the body of a uh, man and the head of a lion, the claws of a lion. And he's gigantic. And he comes to protect the devotees, you see. So the devotees, see Lord Dev is very wonderful, very beautiful. He's my protector. It's just like the the, the teeth of a, of a tiger are very fearsome. We're afraid of the tiger. And uh, you know, I hope we don't see any tigers when we go to Bengal. Mm-hmm the home of the famous Bengal tiger, but we'll walk through the jungle, I've never seen any, but if we do, we'll be afraid. Uh, But you see the teeth of the tiger and you think, oh, very very much afraid. But then the cubs of the tiger, those same teeth pick the cubs up and carry the cub around, and the cub likes it. So those teeth to the cub, because of loving relationship, the cub's not afraid. So the devotee is not afraid of Krishna's uh, forms that come to protect. I think you had a question? Um, I I was
1: wondering, you suggested that you should pick your path depending on what it is that you want. And I guess I've always sort of thought of it as there being really two distinct paths. You know, One, to stay here if you... Aren't really ready to move on or leave, you know, bodily form, whatever that may be. And then the second one, if you are, but then I don't really see it as depending on what kind of God you're looking for. Or, you know, you're saying, you know, there's Krishna in complete, majestic, going, yeah. and then there's also, you know, a gentle hue, but wouldn't that be the same thing? So, Once you've found one, isn't it essentially all of them? And so, why would there be separate paths depending on which one you're looking for?
0: Because there are unlimited uh, relationships that we can have with Krishna. He's unlimited. You see, if you want a relationship of awe and reverence, where where you treat him like the king, you see, he's on a throne, he's elevated. If that's attractive, I'm not saying it's bad.
1: No, I'm not, not. But
0: if that's attractive, then you can approach Lord Narayan. See
1: the way as you know isn't it like if you're saying that chunk of gold isn't it the same chunk of gold you're just turning it around in your hands and looking at a different side of it?
0: There's a different relationship though. Depends on how you want to relate with him. You see. <laughs> Would let me ask you if you, there's that there, there's that comparison of Lord uh, Narayan who is on an elevated throne. He's so beautiful, so wonderful. And you worship Him, and you get great pleasure out of worshiping Him, very opulently. And then you can see, well, there's this Krishna. And Krishna, you can go sit on the throne with Him. Krishna, when you, when you see Lord Narayan, you go, oh my Lord, and you fall down, and Lord Narayan may say, Mm, yes. So wonderful to see you. But then if you look and you see Krishna, Krishna may say, Hey! Come over here! How are you today? You see? In in Goloka Vrindavan, uh, Krishna's planet in the spiritual world, the spiritual world has innumerable planets, because there are innumerable relationships with Krishna. But in Goloka Brindavan, which is the center of all, all of this and the source of it all, because love is the driving force. Love is the true strength. You see. Uh, and that planet, in Krishna's planet, there is no concept of God. Nobody thinks of him as God. You see. He's just Krishna. He's just wonderful, Krishna. He's my best friend. You see. He's my greatest, my, my, the object of my love and affection, you see. And I can't have that relationship with Lord Narayan. Although, He's the object of my love, but I can't go throw my arms around Him. But I don't have a desire to, because I want to worship Lord Narayan in that way. But then if you want to get close, if you want to get up close and personal, then Krishna is the relationship to have. You see? You can see how they're different relationships. And then as I said, there are people who they don't want any of that. I just want to be in, in a nirvanic state. You know? I'm not ready to love God. I don't, I don't, I don't really care what He wants. I don't want to interface with Him. I just want to be and chill and you know, be part of the energy. You see, I don't want to look him in the eye. I don't want him to talk to me. And I want that so bad. I'm gonna, e- I'm gonna even deny that he even can talk. He has no form. He has no personality. Okay. Now that I've taken care of that in my mind, now I can just go be part of the, of the the impersonal universal energy because I don't love God. How can you love something that doesn't exist? There is no love in the Brahma Joti. and I'm not criticizing those who want to achieve the impersonal realis- uh, uh, Brahman realization <clears throat> but you can't look in the eye and convince me that it's because you're loving something other than number one. Sure not looking out for anybody else, you see. But when you want to love and have loving exchange and that's your chief driving force, then you'll seek out Krishna. Because that's uh, uh, the emanation of God that you do that with, you see? It's like if I've got to haul a big load, I'll buy a a big truck. If I want to go through uh, windy mountain roads, I'll buy a, a sports car, you see? How do I want to relate with this Supreme Personality of Godhead? That's the first choice. What do I want? How do I want to relate with Him? And once we figure that out, then we, find, then we can start to say, okay, where do I find that relationship? Where is He when I can relate with Him that way? And then you can choose a path that will take you there. But to just get on a path, uh, I guess it's better than not being on a path, but being on a path that you're not sure where it's going to take you, it's probably better than No, I don't know, doesn't... I was going to say, better than just wandering around, not knowing where you're going, but that's kind of what you're doing. The same thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what you're doing. But some people take uh, 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 pleasure and satisfaction and they feel secure if at least I'm on a path. I'm not sure where this is going to take me, but I would. I feel better that I'm doing I feel better about me that I'm doing this, rather than not, being on a path. Do we have time for a question? You, let me know when we have to zip it, okay? Okay. Hi. Um. was wondering, do you ever get hurt, like feel hurt, or disappointment? No. A few years ago something happened uh, Krishna, Krishna will test you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know it's like when you're, when you go to school, you have to have a test to see if you've learned and once you uh, start becoming uh, the, this is the International Society for Krishna Consciousness and our goal is to become conscious of Krishna, be aware of him. so as that awareness... I'm not going to tell you that I'm totally aware of Krishna. Because, first of all, it's it's unlimited. You see, he's unlimited. So, but as you get a little bit uh, of consciousness of him, then you realize you're having this relationship with him, this loving relationship, and he will start to test you to see, because he's not a cheap lover. He He wants the real deal. He wants, he wants nothing but love every time. He, he wants to be your default. So he may uh, cause something to happen in your life that may look like you've been cheated. Yes. You, may, you may think, oh, just see, you and you are conspiring against me. And it might even be, not you analyze it, this isn't a figment of my, nation, my imagination. This is really happening. You're telling these people are telling lies. They're fabricating things. You see. So Krishna's testing. So what will you do?
1: Yeah,
0: so, my dear Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender. Whatever they may be doing, they may be saying, "Oh, he is this, he is that." It may not be true, but there's so many things I got away with. This is just coming around. It was, something went around, it's coming around. But anyway, my Lord, you know, I surrender to you. You see. However, you're always my Lord, even if you handle me roughly in your embrace. You know. And Krishna's so romantic that when you go like that, he goes like. Ah,
1: ah, really? ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: then, whenever you go through a test and you pass the test, there's some wonderful gift, not that you're looking for, it, but Krishna will give you some wonderful <laughs> gift you know and it, it happens like that you know for for almost 40 years I've been experiencing that. So. All, right. All right, so should we wrap it up? Quick Kirtan? time? Okay.. Yes.